0: Transform your creative potential today. Head over to unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys. Use the number four, K-E-Y-S. That's unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys and download your free copy.
1: I remember vividly one time, we used to live in Savannah, Georgia, and I was walking from my apartment to my studio, which is like eight blocks away. And I walked one day by myself and I got catcalled the entire way I mean, all sorts of comments and remarks, and I I braced myself for it. I knew that it was coming. I wore baggier clothing because I didn't want to feel looked at in that way. And then the next day, my partner and I were walking together, and I got, Hello, ma'am. Good afternoon. Glad to see you. It was like this switch flipped. And I was like, Listen, Donnie, I don't know if you understand, but when you're not with me, this is a different walk.
0: They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zeppound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com weightloss weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. As creators, we're always on the move. Whether it's a live podcast event, a pop-up shop, or a workshop, we're constantly interacting with community, and that's where Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe comes in. you can take your business to the next level too. So visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone to learn more. Remember folks, with tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe, your business is always at your fingertips.
2: Kinsey, welcome to the Unmistakable Creative. Thanks so much for taking the time to join us.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I am beyond honored to be here.
2: Yeah, it is my pleasure to have you here. So you are one of a long line of amazing people that has been sent to us by our mutual friend, Sarah Peck. Every time she sends us somebody, the, you know, the list is always amazing. And I don't think I even look at their bios most of the time. I just go <laughs> and check. Uh, and I was really intrigued by what you're up to almost immediately. And I went back to Sarah, I said, okay, these are the two or three people that I'd like to talk to right away. Uh, but before we get into all of that, particularly given the nature of your work, I want to start by asking you, what social group were you a part of in high school? And what impact did that end up having on you and the choices that you have made with your life and your career?
1: Whoa, that's such a cool question because I've been thinking about that a lot lately. Um, So I actually was like not super social in high school and I did not have a ton of friends, especially early on. Um, I had a really lovely core group of people who stuck by me and who were like by my side through thick and thin. Um, And I think they were able to like put up with some of my the challenges that I brought to the social scene when I was in high school. Um, I, you know, I, I've always grown up being very, when, when you're young, they call it precocious, right? They're like, Oh, it's so cute. She's precocious. She's using big words and she's um, you know, she's, she likes talking to grownups, but then once you're older, it's a little bit harder to like socially blend in that capacity. Um, and so throughout high school and also throughout college, I've done a lot of work in learning to keep, who i am at the forefront and um as the focus of you know, like like what I bring to the table, but also finding ways to welcome others in and to blend into that space. Um, right. But I spent a lot of high school feeling a little bit of like an outcast, or just like I just didn't know how to hang with people. I was friendly with everyone, but I I had a very very small group of deep connections. Um, yeah. And it's it's really interesting because that has very directly translated to the work I do now and the community that I'm building now. Um, I, I am a boudoir photographer by trade. That's how I make the majority of the money that brings, that comes into my business. Um, but really what I'm getting to be known for is a Facebook community. It's a Facebook group called the empowerment studio, and Mm -hmm. it's a group for women and femmes only. So it's a safe space kind of away from cis males in our society. Um, and it's a group where we all come together and we get to be exactly who we are and we get to be welcomed for the, the unique and kind of weird individuals that we all are. And I've, I've kind of, I've been hearing this feedback from more and more people who are not me. Like this was kind of my perception of it is like, Oh, cool. This is, we're all welcome here. Um, but I'm hearing it from everyone else. like, I've never felt welcomed anywhere else. I've always felt like I don't have a space to call my own. I've always felt like I didn't fit in. And here I am in a place that I get to fit in. We're all welcomed mm-hmm. here. We're all supported. And I feel like what I've done is I've like created this safe space for people who are a little bit weird, who are pushing the boundaries, who are st- stepping out and saying, no, I don't want to do this thing the way that everyone else is doing it. And we've all come together. So I've kind of created the space that I would have wanted to have in high school.
2: Yeah. You know, it's funny to, to hear you say that because I, you know, as I'm hearing you say that, I was like, wow, sometimes I feel like an outcast in my own life around the people I'm closest
1: yeah. to. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, that's, that's like the space that I'm all about creating. And I think I do that really well from a business perspective, but I also do that personally. Like I am all about pulling together random different little subgroups of people, putting them all at one dinner party and watching connections blossom. I'm I'm all about energy and connection. And I think that's a special skill of mine is like, okay, this couple that we know from this part of our life, I'm going to invite them to this potluck and I'm going to invite these people from this space. and And I just have a feeling they're going to connect. And I've been watching like cross friendships blossom because of that. So mm-hmm. I'm all about it. I'm all about creating safe spaces and home
2: yeah i mean how does if they don't have that space how does somebody overcome that sense of feeling like they're an outcast somewhere you know you have a lot of parents who are listening to this what would you tell them to you know talk to their kids about um and even adults i think often we go to our own jobs and we do things where we feel like this is not what we're meant to do and we feel like an outcast like we don't belong here you
1: know i i don't know that i exactly have the Answer, but I think that um, the the root of where that can begin is in doing the initial reaching out yourself. If you're feeling that way, then probably other people are feeling that way too. So I think I would tell a, a kid. I think I would tell a friend, or I think I would tell myself. Put yourself out there. Reach out. You, you know, say, "Hey, I don't feel like I have a community. Do you want to be in community with me?" Um, I'm pretty. I've moved. Pounds a lot of times. And, um, and I feel like I'm pretty good at like quickly establishing that community because I do exactly that. I meet someone who seems kind of neat. We get into a conversation at a coffee shop and I say, Hey, you know what? I'm new here. I don't have a ton of friends yet. Would you be interested in like actually grabbing a drink sometime? Or do you want to go on a walk in the park sometime? And it's so funny because like putting yourself out there in that way, feels really bold and like kind of forbidden and people always respond with, oh my gosh, I don't have friends either. I need friends too. I want to build community too. So it's like, it's like everyone's kind of playing this game of chicken waiting for someone to put out the invite. Mm -hmm. And I think it's easier for me to do in some ways because I'm a super extrovert. I'm very social. I connect easily with people. So I guess if that's not in your instinct, if that's not in your nature, maybe you can look at, is there another way of going about that? Is there a quieter, smaller version of this? Is it showing up in a book club and you know messaging someone in advance so you start that connection? Or is it um, gravitating towards the people who are the natural connectors? Find your people and, and cling to them, claim them.
2: How in the world did you get into what you're doing? That doesn't seem like a, a sort of you know a career counselor choice where you walk into your career counselor's office. And say, you know I think what you should do is become a boudoir photographer,
1: yeah, no, it definitely is not um not like top of mind. And I actually have a theater degree, which I think I use in a lot of ways, but um not directly by doing theater all the time. Um so yeah, it's not like my my path led me here exactly. Um, It's kind of a long story, but the shorter version of it is when my partner and I were getting married um, about seven years ago, I got really involved in looking for a wedding photographer and I knew very little about photography beforehand, but all of a sudden I was like, oh, there's this whole world out here full of beautiful art and people who connect with other people and who tell stories. How cool is that? So I got really involved. I got in with kind of a, a community through a blog, followed a ton of different photographers in that time. And a couple of things unfolded from that. Um, the first thing that unfolded from that is I um, I got connected with a photographer who is a very dear friend of mine named Christy Tyler. She's a Chicago wedding photographer. And she, I was just like following her on social media. And she started, she like had a, an intro to using your DSLR workshop. And I didn't even have a DSLR, which is like a, a fancier, a fancier professional camera, but my in-laws did. And so they let me borrow the camera. I drove up to Chicago. I took this one day workshop. And by the end of the day, I was shooting in manual. So I was like, I knew how to use all the different dials. I knew which lenses I wanted to use. She's an incredible teacher. And, um, and I learned so much from her. So that was kind of the very first thing that, that gave me that start. Um, but then another photographer that I got connected with through this, this research process was someone named Katie Jane Gula, um, who lives in New York. And she published a blog series called Finding Your Niche Within Photography. And it was this really long thing, lots of different steps. But the thing that really sunk its teeth into me was, she says, if you don't know at all what you want to do, photograph a little bit of everything in a short amount of time, And then step back and say, what felt great? What did I hate doing? Um, And so I actually put out a call on Facebook and I, I had to delete the post within 30 minutes because it exploded. I said, hey, I'm a brand new photographer. I don't know at all what I'm doing. I want to photograph a ton of different people and animals and whatever else in a lot of different contexts over the next two weeks. Who wants a free photo shoot? If any of the photos turn out good, I'll give them to you. So this is literally like... I was like, I don't know if I can do this or not, but I'll just give it a try. And, um, and so it was really neat. Like this, uh, people just came out of the woodworks. i like, oh, me, you can photograph my kids. I'm getting married next week and I don't have a photographer. You can shoot my wedding. Like it was literally like, I just, I, a little bit of everything. And a friend of mine reached out and she's like, ah, oh, Kinsey, I was going to offer me and my boyfriend up as like a couple session, but we just broke up last night and I'm feeling pretty raw. <laughs> and so she's like, is there any other way I can help you? And <laughs> I was like, well, you know what genre I don't have covered is boudoir. Would you be interested in trying a boudoir shoot with me? And she's like, yeah, totally. I'll do this for you. So we had a super fun time. I loved that session. Um, the big surprise around the other stuff is I ended up photographing a lot of kids and families. And that mm-hmm. was like, So stressful for me. And I have a background in childcare and I worked at a daycare for years and I love kids. And I realized as soon as I had the camera and it was work, I was like, oh, no, 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 no. I was like, I just wanna hang out with these kids. I don't wanna be working right now. But this boudoir session just lit me up. And I thought, okay, well, if I liked this, but maybe I just liked it because it was my friend. So maybe I should see. So I I grabbed a couple more people and then friends of friends. So I was photographing people I didn't know. And pretty quickly, it just spiraled into this big, beautiful thing. Um, And I I think part of that happened because I have a different eye about bodies than a lot of people in our society do. I have Mm -hmm. just this like immense appreciation for beauty and I see it, everywhere I look. I, I just, I just love bodies. I love people and I love telling people how much I love their bodies. And I'm pretty good at doing it in a way that's like not too awkward. Um, and I think like that combination of things just worked out really well in my favor and people started seeing what I was doing and, and were into it and I was loving it. And I feel like now I've, I've built this community that is all around choosing to throw love at your bodies choosing to throw love at other people and building this culture of compliments that will hopefully have ripple effects throughout the whole world and in part through this boudoir photography
2: yeah I mean, I think that was really what caught my attention so much about your work was when I I went and saw what you did, I thought, wow, this is really interesting. I mean, it's it's a completely different conversation about body image than, you know, we get from, you know, the mainstream media and men's magazines and, uh, you know, the Cindy Crawfords of the world. Uh, So so I I wonder one, you know, I want to talk to you about your own perceptions of our sort of popular culture media narratives about body image and you know what the impact is of that uh on people you know at large not just women but you know men uh, families etc
1: yeah i mean it's like real messed up right like we we do not take good care of our people um in general like with our messaging and with um the standards that are being put out there in this in our society especially through media and with photoshop and and all of these things there's um there's a lot of sizeism there's a lot of ableism in our culture um we you know and and people are doing work to like you know make those shifts happen but until we're seeing it on a really big level it's not going to have the impact that we need that said i think there is a shift happening right now and it's really cool people are getting more used to seeing bigger bodies bodies that are not photoshopped the um airy is a lingerie and comfort clothing line that's like split off from American Eagle and they have a no retouching policy. So they have like, I don't know what their, their hashtag is, but they're like real bodies without Photoshop. Um, and they've got regular people, like their models that they've pulled in are not necessarily people who model by trade. They're people who have bodies and wear their swimsuits, wear their lingerie, wear their sleepwear. And that's being put out in front of us. And the cool thing is that's catching on right? Like, um, I'm, I'm kind of becoming known for, for being a not Photoshop boudoir photographer. I don't do body modifications. Um, I have, I have what I call like a two month retouching policy. So it's like, if this thing would be gone in two months, I'll take it off. So if it's a pimple, if it's a bruise, if it's a scratch (laughs) from your cat, I'll take that off. That's not necessarily representative of like who you are as a person. Um, but if it's something like, these are my stretch marks from, when I had a kid or from when I gained a bunch of weight or when I grew really tall, this is my C-section scar. This is the way that my body folds on top of itself. That is something that I see so much beauty in. And it's become my mission to show that to the people I'm photographing. It's like I get to be this, this compliment mirror. Where I'm like, hey, no, look at how good you look exactly as you are. Um, and you know, I think that there's like a time and a place for photographers who do more Photoshop or who do airbrushing or this sort of thing. I don't think that like what I do has to exist, you know, uh, in a, in a capacity that's like so big that it takes over this other stuff. It's just, everyone has a different need. Sometimes someone might come to a photographer and be like, I want to feel sexy and I want to not see these things that are challenging for me. And I just want to focus on how good my boobs look. Um, Then like there's space for that too. When you're wanting to have a more broadened understanding of the things that are more challenging for your body, that's when they come to me.
2: Yeah. What would you say to parents, uh, particularly parents who have daughters uh, about this and what would you want them to tell their daughters about this?
1: I think it's not so much about creating a world for our kids to live in as much as it is showing up really hard in that space for ourselves because we can do all we want to say, you're beautiful, just the way you are. You're amazing. You're a powerful person. We don't have to care about body standards and this and that. But then if the person who's giving that message doesn't feel that way themselves, if they're scared to show up in a photo, if they don't want to take a selfie because either they don't know how or they're they don't want to see what their body looks like, like then it, that advice or that encouragement, that cheerleading kind of comes with a with a grain of salt, right? It's like like you are worth it, you deserve to exist in photographs, you deserve to think your body's beautiful, but I don't. Um, so I think so much of the work needs to come in before we start these conversations with our kids. And we need to work on ourselves and we need to create that safe space for ourselves where we can show up, where we can start to gain appreciation of our body. And I'm not saying you have to like be head over heels in love with every single part of yourself, but what we do need to do is say, Hey, it's okay that I don't love this about myself, but look how hard this body part of mine has worked. Or, you know, I don't like this, these stretch marks very much, but I I see that they're kind of pretty in this one light. You know, it's like, it's these little tiny wins that we can be making or learning how to show up in photos, whether that's hiring a photographer or taking a selfie. Those little things that we can do to further our own place in that that body love journey, Mm -hmm. that is what creates this world for our kids to grow up in. And then, yes, we need to be encouraging and we need to be um, empowering and we need to celebrate the things that are, appreciated by our society and also celebrate the things that are more challenging in our society. But I really think it comes from what we're doing on the insides first. Yeah.
2: Well, I think that part of uh, what's also interesting about this to me is that, you know, you've got a sort of an internal uh, battle that you have to fight, but then let's say that you, you fight this internal battle, you build all this sort of internal confidence. Then you go out in the real world and you get a reality mm-hmm. check of this is how mm-hmm. the world sees you. And I wonder how you can have those two things coexist while at the same time maintaining, you know, sort of a healthy, uh, story about body image.
1: Oh man, that's hard. That's really hard to do. Um, I actually just spoke with a, um, a community member this morning. I like to every so often like get out into the community and just have like a 10 or 15 minute conversation with individuals in the, in the group, just so I can kind of keep my finger on the pulse of, what's going on in the space and also just like see if there's ideas that are coming up or things that could be going better for them. And I was asking this woman this morning, I was like, tell me about taking up space as a woman or a femme in this society. And she's like, well, I'm a plus size person. And in my own home, I am, um, I, I do pretty well day to day. I can see that I look good and I can, I can challenge my own self-perception in healthy ways. She's like, but then I go to a movie theater and, I'm, you know, like taking up the space on the chairs next to me. And that's society telling me like, no, you're not supposed to have this body that you have. I don't, I don't know the solution yet. I mean, we've got to make some really core fundamental change in our, in our world right now. And it, it's hard. It takes work. It takes money. It takes time. It takes resources. And I, I don't, I don't see those things happening all the time. Now there are some body positive fat activists who are getting the message out there, who are educating, who are enlightening, who are making the beginnings of these like big ripple effects that I think if we keep doing it, it's going to change our world. Um, but it's, we got to chip away at it. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to, with my work that I'm doing, I'm not going to magically make every movie theater seat, bigger so that it fits all of the people who are going to see the movies. Like I can't personally change that, but if I can do some work to normalize, appreciate, celebrate this wider range of bodies that actually exist in our society, maybe some more people are going to go, Oh, okay. Next time I'm designing a movie theater. Next time I'm designing roller coaster seating next time, you know, next time I can make it with this, this, population in mind with the people who are actually here um so i don't know if it's like so much about fixing what's already there i would love for that to happen Mm -hmm. but maybe we can at least use this as a turning point to start being more inclusive overall
2: playing in, in terms of uh, a negative story around body image, particularly when you've got, you know, teenage girls who just seem constantly like they're competing with some girl they've never met in some city they've never been to uh, because she looks hotter on Instagram.
1: Mm. You know, it's so, it's funny. Cause I, when you started to ask that question, I was like ready to celebrate all the awesome stuff that's happening on Instagram. Yeah. I think I have created a kind of insulated bubble for myself in a really good way where when I log into Instagram, I am like, Heck yes. All these people are awesome. I get to be awesome too. Um, I, I, you know, it is out there, right? Like there are people doing the comparison thing. I, I think one of the healthiest things you can do if you catch yourself in that space is to just like delete the app for a while mm-hmm. until you're ready to like come back into it in a better brain space. Um, you know, I, I think it's inevitable. I think, I think it's going to be out there. People are going to compare. People are going to, um, post their best angles or the prettiest view of the the corner of their bedroom. And like, you just kind of assume that that's, what's actually going on. I think the more we can do to post the real, to show up as ourselves, to be visible as people who are a little bit messy, um, the more we're going to be able to counteract that. And then I think the more that these, I mean, specifically, like I said that there's a lot of fat activists and so much of the space that I see them showing up in is on Instagram there is an amazing community of people who are choosing to show up and do the work and educate and build that community. And I think the bigger and louder that these people can be, the more we're going to start to normalize that and that will have ripple effects as well. Um, so I don't know. I don't know the solution again to like fixing it. I think we got to like do what we can to counter that messaging with the most vulnerable people, um, you, know, and that's, you know, establishing healthy social media boundaries and things like that. Um, I think maybe, maybe the thing to do is just to create space for the good stuff that's happening already to let that blossom even bigger.
2: So, you know, one thing uh, I wonder, uh, particularly because I know that you photograph a lot of women just from looking at, uh, your website, what do you want me to know as a guy about all of this that maybe I don't, or maybe I should. And what mis- misperceptions do you think that I have about all of this?
1: Ooh, you're good at questions, Rainy. I like this. Um, and for a living. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, that's handy. <laughs> and I, I talk about bodies for a living too. So this works out pretty well. Gosh, um, you know, I think so much of what I do in my personal life, for example, in my marriage, um, I'm married to a cis white male who, Acknowledges but doesn't fully probably understand the extent of his privilege, just because like that's a hard thing to grasp. Um, but I I do my best, even just in my partnership with him, of saying, hey, this is something that I'm going through, and it's because I'm a woman or it's because I have a body. Um, and he I see little light bulb moments go off of like, oh. I remember vividly one time we used to live in Savannah, Georgia, and I was walking from my apartment to my studio, which is like eight blocks away. And I walked one day by myself and I got catcalled the entire way. I mean, all sorts of comments and remarks. And I, I braced myself for it. I knew that it was coming. I wore baggier clothing because I didn't want to feel looked at in that way. And then the next day my partner and I were walking together and I got, hello, ma'am. Good afternoon. Glad to see you. It was like this switch flipped. And I was like, listen, Donnie, I don't know if you understand, but when you're not with me, this is a different walk. And so I think, I think like, I think I just want men to see like it, that we've got these big things going on that we are fighting every single day. And, um, we don't get a choice in it. And, you know, and I'm saying all of this as a cis white woman, like I still have enormous amounts of privilege that there's, there's tons of people in our society who, who have uh, tons and tons and tons of different daily struggles that are just like built into our, the map of our society that I cannot possibly understand. Um, So I think, but, but you know, it's like hard because as, as someone in a marginalized group, you can't expect them to like do the work to educate. So I think that's where a platform like I've got comes in where I can amplify other people's stories and, um, shout about how beautiful all bodies are, not just the, the body that I happen to have. Um, so I think what do I really want men to know about bodies? I want men to know that they need to give us some space that they need to create space that we can then take up with our own magic. That's what I want them to know and do. Hmm. Wow.
2: So what happens when somebody comes to you uh, to work with you? And what is the result after in terms of what happens in their lives? And more importantly, how they end up feeling?
1: Mm. So,
2: And also one other thing. Yeah. How do you make sure that it's not a Band-Aid on a bullet wound?
1: Yeah, so that's what I was actually just about to speak to. Um, People, some of my best clients have come to me after they've been watching my work for years, after they've been participating in my community for years. Um, In fact, I've even had some clients who have scheduled a session and for one reason or another... Things haven't lined up, either their finances stopped making sense for them to invest at this time, or they moved, or their schedule, or blah, blah, blah. And then those people often will come back years later when it is the right time for them. And I think people watch the experience, they watch the transformation, and many people are in a place of deep hurt, or they're at the beginning of their journey. And I can I can help those people. But I can help them more once they've done some of the work on their own. And so I think these people, they come, they're like, oh, my gosh, I'm going through this really emotional, hard thing right now. I need to feel good. I want to come into Kinsey's studio and she'll make me feel good. And that's like, that'll make them feel good for the day. Right. That's the band-aid that you're talking about. Um, But the deep lasting work comes in when someone has been on their journey, they've been showing up in selfies, they've been doing the processing work, they've been exposing themselves to bodies that look different from theirs and also bodies that look the same as theirs. They're starting to see themselves in a different light, or maybe they're at least starting to see the rest of the world in a different light, but they still aren't there for themselves. And it's at that point, once they've done the work, once they've celebrated this big thing, once they've done the processing, then they come in and that's like what locks it all in for them. That's what, that's what takes them from like, I think I'm getting there to like, oh yeah, cool. I'm there. Um, so people come, come to me, um, when, when they, when it's a good time for them, when it's the right fit, a client will come to me and they book in to my studio and they usually book a couple months down the road. So I actually, I love that time between when they schedule and when they come in for their photo shoot, because I get to nurture them. I get to start that process already. So there's an empowerment boudoir questionnaire that starts. It's not just like what, you know, what bra size do you wear? And you know, what do you want to get out of your session? You know, like what do you want to wear in your session or something? Um, I say things like write a love letter to your body or, um, you know, what's a body part of yours that has been challenging in the past, but you're learning to throw love at. And so it starts them thinking, it starts them on that processing journey. I I do as much as I can to prepare people really, really well leading into their photo shoot, because I don't want the nerves of the photo shoot to get in the way of the work that's starting to happen. So I try to make sure that they're all like feeling comfortable, confident, prepared, that work gets to start kind of bubbling up. It's like right before water boils and you can Uh tell it's about to boil. Um, That's what's happening leading up to their photo shoot. And then the day of the session, they come in and they're definitely about to poop their pants because all of a sudden this day is here. They're like, they're so nervous. They can tell something big is gonna happen. Um, And once again, it's like they, they show up at the studio and we just affirm them over and over. Yes, you're supposed to be here. Yes, this is gonna be big and beautiful yes, we're supporting you every step of the way. We, we are the experts in this. So we've got you like you get to just show up and do the work. And, and we are here to make this magic happen by your side. And it's cool. Cause like, there's some people who are less nervous at the beginning, some people who are more nervous, but there's always this like turning point in the middle of a session usually happens partway through the first outfit. We're pretty quick. We get you there quick. Um, but there's this turning point that happens where all of a sudden I see someone just like existing in their body, where they're just like, oh, cool, I get it now. I'm sexy or I'm powerful, I'm beautiful, I have magic inside of me. And um I, I actually start every session with this pose that I call flow pose. And it's a really easy pose. You lie on your back, your legs are propped a certain way. And literally the only job is you're supposed to close your eyes and run your hands up and down and all over your body. And that's my way of like getting you grounded, getting you connected. We don't, we don't touch ourselves very often. Like, right. Maybe we like put our hands on our arms or like on our thighs or something like that. But like, how often do you just like grab your belly? How often do you touch the parts of you that are like more vulnerable? So I start to just connect people with their bodies and then I see this unlocking moment happen. And suddenly these people, even the ones who were like timid at the beginning are like, but what if I, you know, do the pose this way You're like, (laughs) Oh, I, I feel like I need to get some butt shots in this one. And I'm like, yes, you do. Let's definitely do that. Um, so I don't know. I mean, we like set up the energy and the enthusiasm and um, the structure for them, and then we see people blossom. And then the really cool thing is, about a week after their session, we get back together for my client to see their photos for the first time. Uh, I know there's a lot of photographers who do like digital galleries um, where you can like choose your photos yourself. That way, in my experience with the kind of work that I do, it's so vulnerable. I show people their fat rolls. I show people their stretch marks. I show people the things that are very, very complicated in their brains about themselves. And I think if I were to just hand them these photos, they would do the same thing that all of us do. Every time we're tagged in a photo on Facebook, you do, I call it the body scan, right? You like go head to toe and you're like, Oh man, my expression's not great. I'm sticking out my belly. I have bad posture. Da, 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 right. You like do this thing. And it's like so negative. So I call it the yes game. And we go through their photos one at a time and we just say, yes, over and over. And the clients start to feel a little like, oh, am I liking too many of these pictures? Is it weird that I think I'm beautiful in them? And I'm like, no, you're doing the game right. Um, This is practice. This is strengthening that muscle that's going to counter the experience that we've trained ourselves to have when we see an image of ourselves. Hmm. So it's cool because I get to like guide them on this experience and then I get to take them into this next phase where not only did they feel the experience and feel really powerful and feel really beautiful. Now they get to see that, yes, they're beautiful. Yes, they're powerful. Yes, they look as good as they felt like they did. Um, and I usually find that there's like a body part. I, there's one specific client who like, I don't know what this body part is called, but it's like between your hip and your thigh, when you have your leg bent, there's like that crease. I guess, it's like a hip crease. And on a lot of women, especially curvier women, like when you're sitting lying on your back and your knees are up, it's like your thigh skin or your thigh fat kind of like puddles onto your pelvis. Mm-hmm. And most women I know are like, "Oh, I don't like how that looks in this photo." And I'm like, yeah, but I have a giant crush on that part of bodies. I think it's really beautiful. And even me just like saying that, giving them permission to like a part of themselves that they didn't necessarily like. Sometimes those are the photos that show those parts of their bodies. People are like, okay, I didn't think I want wall art, but can I actually have that one as like a 30 by 40 metal wall art on my wall so I can look at it every day and appreciate how gorgeous (laughs) my thigh crease is. So it's pretty cool. I, I get to see a lot of transformation. I get to see a lot of body epiphanies and some really big love that people throw at themselves. Yeah.
2: How do you draw a boundary between that and permission to just engage in unhealthy behaviors like binge eating and you know things that clearly, regardless of what your body image is, those things are bad for you.
1: Hmm. Wait. Can you explain what you're saying more? I'm, yeah. I'm
2: not I, sure i understand I, the question. Yeah. I guess. So you know, let's say that you know somebody basically treats this as permission to engage in all of the bad habits that you know typically, you know, you would have if you overeat and all those kinds of things. So I wonder, you know, how do you draw a boundary there?
1: Hmm. I don't know that I do because I think our society as part of like the fat shaming culture that we live in, um, I think our our society is like saying that certain behaviors are like inherently bad. I think what's bad is if you do a thing and you don't feel good while doing it and you keep doing it anyway, like that's, that's where we get ourselves into some trouble. But like, if someone wants to eat a Lot of food, and they're really enjoying it, and it makes them happy, and it makes their body okay. feel good i'm like I don't think that's really my job to like decide that that's not right for them yeah. um so I don't know I think like I think I think a lot of my messaging is all around like listen to your body and throw love at yourself and do things that feel good for you in my community. we have a lot of prompts like we do treat yourself Tuesday um, and we do empowerment boudoir challenges or just empowerment challenges and it's things like you know some of the things take an action or it's like effort that you have to do like wear a sexy pair of underwear underneath your clothes today and don't tell anyone but just like know that you got something sexy underneath um sometimes it's a it's a thing like uh take 10 minutes and tidy the space around you and post a before and after picture right like little things that like boost your day in some way Uh other times it's something like How can you treat yourself really well right now in a way that takes five minutes and is free? Like, can you close your eyes and take some deep breaths and check in with how your body's feeling? Can you go sit outside and breathe some fresh air and be really kind to yourself? Can you write this mantra out on a paper five times to just remind yourself that even if you're not quite where you want to be, you're still doing a great job? Um, So I think so much of what I am attempting to do in my community is to just to connect people with themselves and connect people with each other more. And I think that um I think that in doing that, these behaviors that are labeled as bad can start releasing some of the like. The stigma around them mm-hmm. and they can just start being like. Things that exist that some people do. And then you can decide if that thing is right for you or not. Because you're more in tune with your body, because you're trying to do what's best for yourself, and you can be like, yeah, I want to eat that whole birthday cake right now and it's going to make me feel awesome. Then, like, I I don't, I'm not going to stop you from doing something that makes you feel great. Or if you're like, I'm going to go out on a walk right now because that's going to feel so good to have some sunshine on my shoulders, then, like, I'm not going to stop you from doing this thing that feels great. Yeah. Um, I think, I think just like so much of what I do and so much of what I would love to see our world doing more. is just like encouraging people to check in and connect and do things that feel great. Yeah.
2: So I have two final questions for you. Uh, are there any women who come to your work who have, you know, what typically like physically on the outside, you know, by society standards, by media standards, by popular culture standards, um, are, you know, physically beautiful. Um, like, do you, do you find women who have body image issues who come to your work, even in those situations?
1: Oh, of course there is not a single person who's immune to it. And I think that's actually like part of the beauty of my community is that like, we're all there. We all have this going on. In fact, like people, I was, I posted something recently about, um, well, I got, I got a ton of stretch marks on my lower belly in the final, like three days of pregnancy And as body positive as I am and as much work as I've done on myself and all of this, like they were really complicated in my brain because my body changed without my permission. And suddenly I was confronted with like a new part of myself that I couldn't choose, that I couldn't change. Right. And so I actually, I took myself on this really big selfie journey. I photographed my stretch marks from different angles. And I also like, after I put my moisturizer on at night, anything that's left on my hands, I like rub under my belly, um, just as a way of being like, Hey body, I see ya. I said, okay, cool. We're there. We can, we can connect, uh, even if we're not feeling great about things, you know, whatever. And so I posted about this in my Facebook group and people were like, Whoa, Kinsey, it's so cool to hear that you have these challenges too. Um, to know that like none of us are quite where we would choose to be. And I think, yeah, like, you know, body image, and societal pressures is like, no one is immune to that. Everyone always has things that they want to change or that are not feeling great for them. Um, I think we do a big disservice by like categorizing, you know, what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. I think if we could just like blow that out, then more bodies would be celebrated. So I think, yeah, I mean like every, everyone deals with it. Some of the people who, are the most insecure are people who surprise me, whether it's because their their body looks X, Y, and Z way or because they exude a confidence, right? Um, I, ev- everyone deals with it. Men, women, queer people, like non-binary people, every single, every single person deals with some image that they have of themselves that they're not necessarily there with. And I think the more we can just like identify that, put our finger on it, poke at it a little bit, um, and the more generous that we can be with ourselves and with each other, I think that's where the progress is going to come in, but yeah, no, I mean, everyone, everyone deals with it. Um, no, no one is special on that front. So
2: <laughs> amazing. Well, I have one final question for you, which is how we finish all our, all of our interviews, the unmistakable creative. What do you think it is that makes somebody or something unmistakable?
1: Mm, I think. That unmistakable is in showing up really big and unapologetically as yourself, taking up space, being big, being bold, letting your big, bright light shine. Um, that's what people notice I think eye contact and connection and compliments and magical moments that all goes into it. I think I think everyone has a big beautiful magical power inside of themselves and the more we can set up safe spaces around ourselves, the more we are going to feel comfortable letting that light shine. And so I think I think it's just it's that shining, it's that brightness, it's that power um That's what I notice in people, and that's what I really work to create an environment that fosters that to show up in more people, because I think it's really, really beautiful.
2: Hmm. Amazing. Well, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to join us and uh sharing your story and your insights with all listeners. i'm so so glad Sarah introduced us. This has been really, really cool.
1: I am so grateful. I've loved listening back to Sarah's interviews and I I really believe in what you're doing where you're, you're poking at some of these things that other people aren't talking about. I think you're doing such a similar thing in terms of like allowing people to explore and, um, and to let their lights shine. So I'm so grateful to have connected.
2: Where can people find out more about you? Oh
1: yeah, absolutely. Uh, probably one of the best spaces to hang out is on Instagram at empowerment photographer which is real long. Um, I need to get like a shortened URL for my email address when I give it to people. I'm like, whew. Um, but yeah, like at Empowerment Photographer on Instagram, my website is empowermentphotographer.com. And if you are a woman or a femme and you would like to come and join my radically engaged community, uh, the Empowerment Studio, you're more than welcome and invited. And that you can find at empowermentphotographer.com slash community.
2: Mm-hmm.